The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. Today we have a very special guest joining us, one of our favorites, actually, in the dog world. We've been trying to pin him down for a while, but he's a busy little man. Um, we have Francis Metcalf joining us from Oakland, California, and he does this super cool thing called Canine Circus School. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. <laughs> Good. That's my cue. Good oinking, baby. All right. My quirky tip is if you have not already seen his Instagram account or you don't already follow him on Instagram, I want you guys to check him out. It's canine underscore, underscore circus underscore school. The, it will be in the show notes as well, the description. But I want you guys to go over and check out what he does. Francis, welcome. Thank you so, so much for joining us yeah, today. Thanks for coming. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your history in dogs and then also like the evolution of how you got here because you're doing something very unique and people freaking love it. Well, you guys being Mainers, you you might remember Andre the Seal or at least have heard tell tale about him. Do we have I think tell? I've heard that name before. Right. Scott knows more On, than me. Okay. Well, you guys are new Mainers, I guess. <laughs> we're still We're still feeling our oats out. <clears throat> Uh, okay, yeah, so for us original Mainers, um, there was a seal called Andre, and there was a movie about him, and his trainer, Harry Goodrich, was uh, my next-door neighbor in Rockport, Maine, where I grew up, at least partially, and then I moved to Portland, but, um, you know, watching Andre do his shows and, and uh, collecting money from the tourists at the harbor... Um, kind of got me thinking about training and animals and, you know, critters jumping through hoops and balancing balls on their heads and stuff like that. Cool. Awesome. And, uh, you are teaching classes like in present day, are you still doing tours and like seminars throughout the country with this? Or are you mostly more centralized in California? Um, I'm mostly uh, doing stuff in California. I just did a, a, a seminar locally. Um, but I'm going to pivot to some more seminars soon here. Um, as our, our, our weather patterns are shifting and our, and our classes are outside and stuff is being canceled all the time. So, uh, yeah, yeah we got to evolve as we go. Yeah. It's been crazy. I know with the weather out there, it's, it was a drought for 10 years and then you get torrential downpours. <laughs> Everything's washing away. Yeah. And, so, and we, we started the, the class in, in the drought, the 10 years of drought. Right. And so I got used to that. Um, so now, now things are changing. So, yeah. so we have to adapt. When you, uh, saw Andre the seal, cause I think they made a movie about that, that whole thing too. But how old were you when you were seeing that? You were a teenager, I'm assuming, right? No, no, I was in middle school. Yeah. So you're a yeah. young kid. And then, yeah. um, I know that you're, you really love trick training. That's always been your forte, but you're also yeah. an incredible trainer when it comes to protection dogs and, and all aspects of training. But I think um, it's my understanding that you're found a, what you really always gravitate towards is the trick training. You love these really intricate tricks with dogs and doing really cool stuff, you know? 
Well, I mean, I kind of view it like everything's a trick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I, I do love trick training. Um, I do consider myself a traditional trainer. I, I don't throw out the baby with the bathwater when sure. it comes to um, new methods versus older methods. Um, you know, I like, I, I, I like to use full feedback. So, I mean, in, in this world today where uh, – the dog training community is all siloed up and everyone's in a camp. Um, what I like to say is that everyone's a little bit right. Sure. Um, you know, all the camps are a little bit right. Um, you know, there's a time to use uh, positive reinforcement. There's a time for corrections. Um, there's a time for the e-collar and there's a time for the long line. Right. And, um, so yeah, I love I love trick training, but uh, what I really like is good training. <laughs> we need all those camps to come together and sing "Kumbaya," then we'd be all set in yeah. dogs. But that's what we're waiting for. Uh, since Scott I agree mentioned, yes, yeah, since Scott mentioned the protection stuff, I just want to touch on it a bit because you were kind of like one of the forefathers of Mondio in this country. Is that my understanding? Am I right with you're that? Certainly, one of the earliest people in that activity in the United States, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I was I was uh, very interested in Mondio uh, when I first saw it, um, and um, you know, it was in, in its fledgling stages um, here in the U.S. Um, but um, you know, guys like uh, Bob Dixon of, of Mainly Ring Club um, yeah. was actually at Tornai, or he had a chance to go to Tornai, where they actually uh, uh, kind of invented Mondio, um, the first Mondio, uh, uh, championship, I guess. It's kind of um, like the protection circus a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think I was, uh, I was an early adopter of, of ring sport and Malinois, um, yeah. back when everything was Schutzund and German shepherds. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I was very much into the French ring first. And uh, Mondio Ring, um, you know, is is uh, proofing for French Ring, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, now it's its own thing, and it's it's, it's completely its own discipline, and, and people focus on that. But it was always a way to stretch the capabilities of a dog that made it all the way up to Ring 3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. very fortunate to be able to train with uh, Bob Dixon for a few years um, before he passed away, which was just maybe, what, two years ago now? Pretty recently, yeah. But yeah, that guy had a club going continuously for like 40 years. He plus, a, yeah. plus. He was yeah. one of the first guys out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So you're still yeah. getting in the suit. You said you just got out of the suit. Do you do a lot uh-huh. of protection dogs within your business still? I do. I do ring sport coaching. Okay, you nice. Know, so I don't run a club anymore, but people come to me to solve problems. Okay. So you're focusing to, mostly on ring, not doing any like personal protection or anything else. If they want to compete in ring sport, you're kind of helping them see the way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to me, ring sport, I mean, it's a sport, but it's also, you know, um, a safe form of personal personal protection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people wanted to do personal protection, they would have to commit to knowing a little bit more Yeah. besides um, just like 
carjackings or, or whatever they might want to hire me to get bit to do. Yeah. I mean, right. I want them to be a good, a good handler and a good trainer. Yeah. Sure. No, I appreciate your maturity. Though. So how old were you when you went to France for that first time, when you brought back that little crazy puppy that um, Salamini wound up with? Oh, um, I was in my twenties, yeah. um, mid mid twenties, I guess. And you got cert- um, was that when you got certified over there? I think you got certified yeah, as a decoy yeah. there, right? Yeah, I did my Mondio certification in France. Yeah, uh, for to be a decoy, and um, you know, I had, um, you know, I, I basically was like a guy with a pit bull and a skateboard, yeah. and wanting to be a dog trainer. And, um, I went, I originally, I, I, I saw, this was before the internet. I saw a little ad in the back of a paper that said French working dogs, just a little teeny, you know, just a few, few little, uh, lines of text buried in the back of a paper. And I was living in Chicago at the time. And, uh, I, I caught a ride out to this kennel where they were having a, French ring trial and I saw the Malinois and, 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 but this is back when they had to dig, dig pits for the jumps and all right. that kind of stuff. Um, and I was fascinated and, uh, the, you know, I was fascinated that the dogs looked, you know, what we think of as typically French, like kind of flat, but then would do things, right. you know, <laughs> that they looked natural. Like they just walked out of the woods or something and they knew how to do all this stuff. And there were these wild looking dogs. And, and at that point, um, I, I found someone that could, uh, you know, supply me with a Malinois pup and, um, and my first suit and some lessons in the suit. And, uh, then from there, uh, I packed up my bags and I moved out to LA yeah, it's all history from there. And you've been with Malinois and Suits ever since. I think when we were there, right. was it Balzac? Was that the Malinois name? Yeah, that, yeah. that's, yeah. that's so the you, latest one. Yeah. yeah. So do you currently own a lot of Mal's still, or what do you have for dogs personally? Well, Balzac is like 16 now or something. Hey, kudos to you. <laughs> yeah. You have a 16-year-old Mal. I'm, yeah. I'm very impressed. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Still annoying. So I remember when I, w- I went out to France almost 20 years ago and stayed at a few of those different clubs. I was at, stayed at Danny Mason's house and, uh, and I brought up your name to Danny and uh-huh. he goes, Oh, Francis is a very special person. Very special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was talking about, he had this German shepherd that like hated everybody and you came uh-huh. over to his house and you, you were fucking loving all over the dog and the dog was all excited <laughs> about you and he couldn't believe it. He goes, this dog hates everybody. <laughs> so it was neat that you had a relationship with a, his dog really quick. He was very impressed, you know? Yeah. I learned so much from Danny and staying with him for that summer and, and, uh, you know, going all over France and collecting dogs for, to, to sell to the military and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a great learning experience for me. Yeah, definitely. All right. So let's get back to this circus school stuff, because if anybody, there's a lot of people out in California and they're always looking for something new. And I just love what you do. I love seeing the videos you put up. We loved when we visited and we saw you have this very special place and clubhouse and like backyard, it like transforms into this whole other world, kind of like Alice in Wonderland type of thing. So what kind of students do you have that normally want to enroll in this and kind of pursue this path with you? 
Like what's kind of your student avatar, if you will? Um, I mean, I have all kinds of, of, of people, um, from, from various walks of life that, uh, get interested in training their dogs to do more stuff. Um, I mean, we definitely spread out, you know, over the years we started as just trainers, like trainers, it was only trainers coming. And, and then next thing you know, like a ripple effect happened and, and it was, um, other people in the dog industry and like, like groomers and vet techs and veterinarians and stuff like that. And then from there it spread out to like ma and pa and, and everyone, you know, so, uh, everyone, um, I, I think the, the, the people that we serve the most are, are people who are experiencing or dogs that, that, that are experiencing, um, confidence, related issues and shyness and stuff like that. I mean, I think that's where, uh, we really shine. Okay. So the tricks Uh, bring them out of their shell and kind of create better bonding with dog and owner and that kind of thing. Okay. And dogs too, from all walks of life. I mean, you have dogs of all breeds doing these kind of activities, right? Yeah, we don't, I mean, it's not just border collies and and cattle dogs and your typical trick dogs. It's, it's, it's everyone. The, the the curriculum is built. So there are tricks that everyone can do. Yeah. I, I just, I love it. And when you have gone and, you know, brought this to other locations, you're saying maybe you'll go back to it. Everybody just soaks it up. Like they get super excited about it. They get super pumped about it. I know your energy is part of it, but it, it just brings a whole new flair because it's not even your traditional trick training. A lot of people like, you know, will come in costumes and you have different props and it just, it makes it all so much more fun and exciting, not only to watch, but also to train, you know? Absolutely. I mean, really, uh, you know, as we developed um, as a class, uh, it started from, you know, just one-off tricks uh, and developed into trick forms and trick routines or like a, a martial arts school would have, um, you know, starting forms that you would learn. Right. And um, from from there, um, you know, we we formatted more and more and, and realized that this, the circular format um, with uh, the cone in the center and um, working the dogs all facing each other in a ring um, created a really unique balancing um, opportunity for all the dogs where... Um, dogs that were a little too bold, um, would be sent out, um, you know, one, our, our, our starting form, they, they start from a platform and go around a cone, um, and in the center ring and then come back to the platform and do various tricks. And it works in a round robin from there. Um, so a dog that was too bold would want to go, you know, to the other side and of course say hello to the other dogs or, you know, start a brawl or or whatever they wanted to do. And dogs that were shy didn't want to go out into a group of dogs staring at them. Yeah. And, and it was a unique opportunity of a group of dogs that were all staying relatively still to get the bolder ones to come back and the shyer ones to go out. Sure. That's why you're the master of hounds. <laughs> <laughs> so have you had 
now is there any uh, i would assume there's some type of front front evaluation before you're getting dogs into this class i mean if they're if they're too off the hinges are you able to deal with some pretty let's say reactive dogs fairly quickly through I, they got to at least have some food drive there or something before you can get them into that situation. What you know? are the prerequisites? That's what he's trying to figure out. Well, you know, I don't put up a lot of prerequisites. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, it, you know, people are allowed to come with any, whatever equipment they want to use. Sure. Um, we don't do a lot of ball or tug reward because that would Overst- sort of slow down the class a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you know, if the dog is having some control issues and needs whatever collar it needs, then it's welcome to wear, wear that collar. Um, if I feel like uh, the dog is is a danger or, you know, could use private lessons, I will just ask them to take, take their tuition and put it towards private lessons. Yeah. Okay. That makes um, sense. But, you know, since I'm used to big strong dogs and I'm a traditional trainer um, and you know I got eyes in the back of my head and good reflexes you know I could run a class with some wild cards in it sure yeah not everybody we're not suggesting everybody else do this but Francis Francis can handle it what is your favorite trick that you've ever trained I mean my favorite tricks are things that either very few people have trained before or tricks that um, are pretty new to dog training. Um, so, um, you know, like in terms of the very few, uh, tricks or the, the, the very few people having nailed it, which like the handstand is, is one of my personal favorites. I, I love the handstand, the walking handstand. Um, and in terms of tricks new to dog training, um, you know, stuff, stuff like, uh, I, I have a trick I call uh, bigger than where the dog always picks the bigger object. So I put like four coins down and one coin, uh, you know, the coins are in descending order and I put them down randomly and the dog has to always pick the bigger coin. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so that one, that was a fun one. Um, um, I love the rope hoist. I was going to um, mention, yeah, I was gonna that's mention Scott's that one. favorite. <laughs> I was yeah, hoping. The, that's cool. Explain that because Scott loves that one. He always gets excited about that. So the, the Frank in, uh, the trainer of Benji, um, you know, as far as I know, he developed it, although it could have been in existence way longer than that. But, um, Basically, in, in one episode of the old TV show Benji, uh, the dog, uh, Benji, like pulled a rope up to the roof um, and tied to a basket, right? So basically, um, the, the dog is pulling the rope and stepping on the rope to hold it in place and taking another bite of rope and pulling it up and stepping on it. Like yeah, that. it's amazing yeah. to watch. Scott was always very impressed. With yeah, that it's one. very cool. Yeah, it's, it takes a lot of patience on the dog's part, and you got to. Uh, I'm sure in training it, you need to make sure they have a lot of success at every little step. You know, otherwise, I I could see how they would get frustrated. You know. Yeah, I mean, basically, um, you know, the more you can 
ensure that the dog succeeds by keeping, you know, your steps pretty small and your rate of reinforcement pretty high, um, you can keep the frustration to a minimum. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So when you moved to LA, that's when you got, you were working in Burbank where you met Omar? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. We had him, uh, we had him on. He's, he's, he's crazy with his, uh, trick training and just constantly like always new stuff all day long train 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 yeah he must be the hardest working uh dog trainer out there yeah he really is yeah from from Um, dawn till dusk that guy he trains every day whether he has a gig or not he's training so we touched on the suit stuff we touched on the circus stuff you do pet dog training too right so for people who are listening out there that just need some basic help with you know companion dog stuff you're doing this as a service also correct yeah, I do private lessons and house calls. Okay, okay. Um, so that the link for Francis's website and his business information will be in the um, episode description for people who listen. But a lot of people out in that area need help, and you're still based in Oakland, correct? Yep. Okay. Um, so you're, what was that, a half an hour from San Francisco? It didn't seem like it was that far. Yeah, it was, you were pretty close. We went out to right see Francis when we um, hiked Yosemite, but we started in San Francisco first. So there's kind of been a lot of hype out there with this like San Francisco e-collar ban. Have you been involved in that at all? Or, I mean, I'm sure everybody's talking about it. Yeah. I spoke at some of the city council meetings on the subject. Okay. Well, we appreciate that. Good, good support. So is that in place now or did that get shut down that ban? No, I, I am. I'm not exactly sure where it is. I mean, I think it's pretty much rubber stamped and it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But um, I don't think it is uh, in effect. Right. I sort of uh, haven't paid attention for a second here. But um, yeah, I spoke at at some of the the city council meetings on on the subject and – and you know it's 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 a shame that um, people want to ban these very useful tools, and you know there's going to be a lot of dogs that can't be um, successfully trained, and people are going to you know be really frustrated. But you know um, if 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 it happens and they and the ban goes through. Um, you know, I'm just going to send any of those problems that, you know, you would traditionally use an e-collar with to all, you know, uh, militantly all positive people and, and let them deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Good, good luck. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I think that's a good method of dealing with it. So, yeah. um, clearly your passion is dogs. Is there anything else that you want to impart on our listeners or viewers, um, about dog training or circus dog training or just loving life. You're doing all kinds of crazy stuff now, like doing the splits on nails. I see you doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You're really, you're really into being your best self in all ways. Any other um, advice for our listeners? Yeah. I mean, you know, dogs are an ingredient in life, but they're not everything in life. And, um, you know, your, your dog should make your home a castle. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the hardest things. It doesn't matter if it has a bunch of trophies or it's just a, a good dog that works well with you. Um, you know, you should be able to enjoy the experience of the dog without having to, you know, worry about it all the time or, you know, enrich it to death 
Um, you know, it's still a dog and it's, it's a, it's an amazing creature that we're so blessed to have these, these creatures to share our lives with, but they're not everything, you know, so don't go crazy about dogs. Yeah. Just enjoy them. They're, they're one ingredient in a good meal. Yeah, 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 and dogs enjoy being dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and dogs actually enjoy being dogs. People don't think that, but they they like to just be dogs. It makes them feel yeah. better than being these like human, like these anthropomorphized humans. Anything else yeah, that you missed actually, here? Actually, I would just say I just sorry to interrupt. No, please. I would just say you know, um, it's actually kind of sad when you know when you get to be a good trainer and you start working sort of cognitive. Uh, training methodologies and, and getting them, pushing them to their ed- the edge of their cognitive ability. Um, it's a little sad to see that cliff where it falls off. I agree. Um, and and you know you can really develop a dog, and I, that's what I love to do is, is to 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 spend my time developing a dog to be really smart and 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 do all this stuff but still be a dog um but i always have like a little tinge of sadness when when i when i see like okay there's the line like this they 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 can learn a lot of stuff but they're not going to learn that yeah Yeah. and you can dress them up to do canine circus school you don't have to dress them up to push them around in a stroller you can still dress them up but let's get them (laughs) let's get them thinking and working anything else that we missed with francis go ahead francis go ahead well i was just going to say you know um dressing them up is just habituation to various stressors yeah. You know, whether someday they might have to wear the the, the Elizabethan cone yeah. or, you know, um, a muzzle or, or whatever like that. Um, you know, dressing them up is is just another form of toughening them up. I agree. Mental toughness. We're I all mean, about yeah. it. <laughs> I tell I, I encourage my clients to start conditioning their dogs to a muzzle quite often. And they say, well, the dog's not aggressive. I say, I understand that. But they're not real comfortable with the muzzle. They should learn how to tolerate that because someday they may need it. They may be injured. They may need to, the safest thing for everyone is to pop a muzzle on them. And you don't want them freaking out over the muzzle itself. Yeah. There's you know? some cute costumes in canine circus school, though, too. You can wear tutus also. I want people to get encouraged. <laughs> I thought I was hoping, I thought you might have your top hat today. <laughs> <laughs> he just got out of the suit. He's too sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, what kind of you working a French ring dog today? Or yeah, I, I have um, a big black German Shepherd that uh, training for Ring One, um, and then I have uh, a Malinois that's going for a brevet. Cool, exciting. Any, do you have any young dogs that you're personally working with for like that you own for for Ring, or because your old dog is. He's not be he's not slamming into decoys anymore, I'm sure. No, no, I mean he would, but he'd probably die. Yeah, it's not not in his yeah. best interest. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, yeah, my girlfriend um has a couple dogs that that are real nice. Great. Um and um working them, I, you might have seen some some pictures of a real stocky thick thick boy. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, that's one of the mouths. I thought you were describing your girlfriend for a second. I was going to say, oh, oh sure. no. <laughs> don't start with them. These cigars, they make them crazy. Don't get them going. So do you think uh, you, yeah. you're going to do any, maybe any ring seminars in the future? You think you might do a little protection seminars if someone wanted you to come out? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think my my days of of rolling around on the ground, uh, encouraging every every dog to bite me are are probably over. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I try to uh, cut through all the hype on the various methodologies and just stick to good technique um, and good um, good technique and and good handling skills and um, you know teach the classic stuff. Yeah. No. And thank you for still promoting it because it's a bit of a dying art in this country. And Francis is a very ethical protection trainer and he knows what he's doing and he's safe. It's so hard to find safe people in the suit these days. So thank you for keep keeping the ball rolling. We got Scott (laughs) out of the suit for the most part, besides a defensive handler here or there. I got to keep him going strong. He's got to be going strong till 70. You have to come out and visit us. Come to Maine. I'd love to. Listen, you always got a pl- you always got a place to stay if you're yeah, coming Yeah, we got out for plenty of dogs. You can choose whatever breed you want to sleep with you. We got plenty of dogs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so so much for your time. You guys, if you are in the area, please check out Francis and the services that he recommends. Again, his Instagram handle will be in the description. His website will be in the description. And if you haven't seen this guy before or you haven't been familiar with him before, please acquaint yourself. He is one of the best dog people in our country. We feel this way hands down. So, thank you so so much for your time. Thanks. Thanks, Francis. Thank you, guys. Take care. Good to see you. Okay, bye. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.